Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. This week marks the third week of Advent, and we are going to take a good look at peace, which coincides with the lighting of the second purple candle. But what is peace? Where can we find it? Does peace truly exist? Will it ever exist? And if it does, what does it look like and what does it feel like? Certainly anyone listening to this can understand that peace is a very hard thing to come by in our personal lives, let alone some semblance of peace in the world. It seems as though there is always something to disrupt peace and especially when we need it most. The past several years have certainly left many in our population feeling as though peace was a rare commodity. For many, peace feels as though it has been all but extinguished through the pandemic, through threat of nuclear war, governments collapsing, global protesting, and the list just keeps going on. But before we dig into our study today, let's start by asking God to put our minds at rest and to give us true peace so that we might be able to fully focus on his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would remove from us all anxiety, worry, and fear of the past present and future, and bring us to yourself that we may experience a true and convicting peace that is only possible through you. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and Prince of Peace. As we do with many of our studies, let's go to the dictionary and take a look at the definition of peace. And the dictionary says peace is a state of tranquility or quiet such as freedom from civil disturbance, freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, harmony in personal relations, a pact or agreement to end hostilities between those who have been at war or in a state of enmity. I think these definitions do a great job of defining these things called peace. I am also particularly fond of the last definition, a pact or agreement to end hostilities between those who have been at war or are in a state of enmity. And isn't that exactly what God did for the world through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ? Indeed, God set before us an agreement, a pact, that for everyone who accepts and commits his or her life to this agreement personally will be set free from the war of darkness and the state of enmity on our part, which separates us from the perfect and eternal love of God. And we are going to be taking an overview, a biblical snapshot from the Old and New Testaments of God's pact with us, his promise of peace through this life and into the next. So let's listen to his agreement with all who believe he is the God of all peace. And we are going to be letting God's Word do most of our talking today as we take a look at 29 passages that I will read as a compilation from the Bible that will hopefully put our minds and our hearts and our life in Christ at ease and at true peace with our Lord and Savior. So let's dig in as we read our first compilation from God's Word. The mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do 
By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. What peace, what joy, what hope, what amazing grace that once and for all removes all division of eternity for all who believe. And that compilation of scripture I just read was taken from Isaiah 54, and Romans 8, and Revelation 21. And through these great promises of peace, we now know there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 4.12. And let's continue. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38. This indeed is how we experience the peace for today, which is the hope and knowledge of perfect eternal peace for our eternal future, a commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In all of this knowledge of our future perfection and peace, we will, however, experience grief, pain, and anguish during our time here on earth. Tears of sorrow will flood our eyes, and rage will flood our very being. We will feel as if peace, the peace promised by God himself, will never be obtainable and that it is just too hideous to continue. Perhaps it may even feel as though God has completely walked away from us. We will beg God day and night to free us from the crushing weight of life and feel there is no peace and that God does not care, despite his great pact of freedom with us in peace. Where is this agreement he promised me? Why can't I see it now? Can't I have just a tiny piece of it now to help me? Why me? Why this? Why now? This life is hard very, very hard, and God made no pact or agreement with us that it wouldn't be. His promise, His pact, His agreement is coming in all its fullness and glory, and for now we must persevere and wait until it does. Wait expectantly and find peace in what is to come and the current blessings we have today, right now. Let's continue. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. That compilation from James 1, 2 through 4, Romans 8, 18, and James 1 through 5. But how do we battle through that? It sounds easy, but yet it's not. But we can battle through this because God gave us exactly what we need. Let's continue with our scripture. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. That taken from John 3, 16 through 17 and 1 Peter 2, 24. Again, what a promise, what a pact, what peace in knowing God's great love for us. Yet there is still more peace to be pursued while we wait. And how do we do that in such difficult times when we feel too weak to even move? God asks us to do our best through him. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. That compilation from 2 Timothy 2.15, 1 Corinthians 6.19-20, and 2 Timothy 1.7. And this is the power of freedom and peace while we wait, to present ourselves in all things to the best of our abilities before God. And even in the midst of war, famine, and devastation of diseases, God has given us more hope, more grace, more mercy to live in peace. Even now in the crazy world, even in our failing and corrupt bodies, there is amazing peace in looking to God, the perfecter of all things. So how do we find this peace and taste our future glory and peace in God while we are here on earth? Certainly, we cannot have our minds set on where we are, as we are called to be in this world, but not of it. But we are to have our minds set on things above. And where is that evidence of encouragement to find peace in that? For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That compilation taken from Romans 8, 6, Psalm 34, 14, Philippians 4, 7, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, Colossians 3, 15, Romans 12, 18, and Hebrews 12, 14. Did you hear in what we just read? If you don't live out your life, striving for peace and for holiness in front of everyone, others will not see God. We will be a God repellent. Very carefully consider this in your life right now. Do you strive for peace and holiness with everyone you encounter? Or is God completely invisible to others when you are around? Let's take a look at Matthew 5, 9 for encouragement on that. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And that passage is quite direct in where we stand with God when we are peacemakers. And so today we can live in peace. While not perfect, we can live, standing on the promises of Christ our King, who has departed for a time, but left us with an immense hope of present peace and the perfect peace to come. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Remember, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. That compilation of scripture taken from John 14, 27, Philippians 3, 20, Matthew 24, 42, Hebrews 10, 24, 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, Matthew 24, 36, Hebrews 9, 28, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17. And is that not a picture and a future of perfection and peace? And how can we as Christians not find peace even now in all of this, filled with inexpressible joy even in chaos, because of this perfect contract, this pact that God has certainly not forgotten, he made us for his purpose and his plan, and we will receive perfect peace. Let us pray. Merciful Father, great is your faithfulness and mercy and love for us. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. All we have needed, your hand has provided in abundance and in peace. God, please help us to turn our eyes upon you, upon Jesus, and look full in his wonderful face and watch the things of earth grow strangely dim. Help us to focus on your glory and grace and let it overshadow our present state of worry, anxiety, and fear, and that great lack of peace. Thank you for being our great shepherd who leads us in peace even as we walk in the valley of the shadow of death with the security and peace that we have no reason to fear evil. And now we ask all of this in the perfect peace of your presence and in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.